0: Today? It is Wednesday, my new... This is gonna be Hello, everyone. Uh, glad you're joining me today. Before I get into today's you know, devotional podcast thing, uh, I want to say, look, looking forward, I'm planning to release a few uh, pretty big podcasts coming up that I'm excited about. Uh, now, we're talking about the podcast, not the devotional podcast. Uh, I have to still have to do some research, some uh, write up some talking points, and uh, maybe even get some guests in to to join me in this podcast, Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, One's going to be music-related, the other one is going to be more ministry-related. still have a lot more to think on this and how I want to bring it to you, but keep your eye out for that in the future. Um, Those will be released on a Saturday in the foreseeable future, and I will keep you updated the, the more things progress. So, in last week's uh, devotional, I talked about hope and I compared it with the opening day of Major League Baseball, how it coincides with the season of Easter, that kind of thing. Um, We know that I love opening day of Major League Baseball. That was covered. You know, I love my Cubs dearly. And I said, this could be the year. And I mentioned how last year we ended winning 40 of our last 70 games. Uh, we had some big-time acquis- acquisitions this offseason, and excitement was in the air. And guess what? Opening day, we won. Shut out. Marcus Stroman pitched a gem. I flew the W flag on Facebook, you know, since I'm not, I don't actually have the W flag, which I should, but if I was thinking if I got that for here, and i I would have so many people be like, why do you fly a flag that has a W on it? What does that mean? Then I'd have to go into the whole Cubs thing and they don't care. So, you know, it's a whole thing. But since opening day, lost three in a row. Not not what I expected. Last in the division now, you know that kind of thing. But I still had hope. Why? Well, going into last night's game there were a few reasons. Um, and by the way, if you're listening to this and you're like, "I don't care about baseball, I don't care about the Cubs or whatever," and you're just like, "Ugh, enough already! I don't want to hear about baseball." Don't worry, I'll be, but I'll be done soon. But the reasons going into last night's game, reason for hope, was uh, the first of all, opening weekend at Wrigley was cold. It's in the 40s, and let me ask you this: Who plays good in cold weather? No one. So I give a little bit of pass to that. Um, the, Our starting two pitchers on opening day in the second game Pitched amazingly They were excellent Strowman and Steele So excited for those Dansby Swanson Our biggest offseason acquisition Is on fire He was batting five eighty-eight going into last night's game Do you know how insane that is? And let me just tell you this Last night's game The Cubs won by the way I'm excited about that But Dansby had his worst game He got no hits. However, he walked three times. So three times he was on base. That's still pretty awesome. Now I know he's batting a mere 500. Uh, Another reason for hope was that uh, our best player from last year, uh, Seiya Suzuki, hasn't played yet. So adding him, only going to make things better. And lastly, I still have that feeling. Something good's going to happen. Even though that's not what... We've been seeing the three games leading into last night's game, which we won, which is still exciting. Oh, and also Cody Bellinger, who was an MVP a few years ago that we got on the cheap this year. He's starting to hit now. Three hits last night, home run the week, uh, the day, night before. It's exciting. It's exciting. That's all I'm saying. So when I talked last week about hope, baseball season, all that, Uh, I'm going to try to make this part two of of Wednesday's message on hope. But this one will be more of hope in the midst of hopelessness. Because isn't that exactly what Easter is? Hope in the midst of hopelessness? We've all felt hope. I hope we've all felt hope. Uh, We've all felt hopelessness. It's a similarity that we all have as a people, whether we believe in Jesus, Allah, Buddha, the universe, or whatever crazy thing you might believe in. Hopelessness finds its way into our lives no matter what we believe. Circumstances change, struggles happen. And as an outsider or a non-believer, someone who knows nothing about being a Christian, you may be thinking, how can you feel hopelessness? As a Christian, isn't Jesus always the answer? You Christians should have nothing to feel hopeless about. But we know that those things aren't true. I can feel hopeless about a situation I'm going through. I can feel hopeless about a dying loved one who doesn't know Jesus. I can feel hopeless about the future of my children... In certain instances, I can feel hopeless about the state of our country, government, our our financial future. But what I don't feel hopeless about in terms of is where I'm going to go when I die. I don't feel hopeless in the fact that Jesus is sovereign and cares for me. But it's just in seasons and circumstances that I do feel hopeless. Hopeless. I mean, the Bible contains a whole book, which is Job, where hopelessness seems to be a reoccurring theme. At the beginning of Job, he was thriving. Uh, he had no doubt God was his creator and that he was his provider. He His understanding was God punishes the sinner and he rewards the righteous. And that was sufficient. That's all he needed. He was healthy and he was wealthy. But when his family was taken away, when his wealth and possessions were taken away, when his body was covered with sores which are physically painful and socially isolating, when hopelessness is at his doorstep, that definition of justice that Job had previously subscribed to is now questioned because as we know, Job did not sin against God. I mean, that book in the Bible tells me hopelessness is always around the corner, no matter how great things are going now. But hope is also around the corner. So hope is around the corner, but hopelessness is as well. I mean, think about this. Jesus' closest circle, the disciples, felt hopeless on Friday. They felt hopeless on Saturday. They felt hopeless early Sunday morning. That is until Jesus came back. And I always wrestle with the fact that Jesus told the disciples numerous times what was going to happen. He told them he would be killed and he would come back on the third day. Yet they didn't seem to listen or maybe understand. But But I think those disciples, the people who walked alongside Jesus, When he was here on earth, those disciples were so close that they could reach out. They could touch him. They shared meals with him. They prayed with him. They were close friends with him, yet they couldn't see what he was saying to them, warning them about the the coming crucifixion. I mean, those disciples should have had an immeasurable amount of faith that would think, Jesus told me this would happen and that he would return But instead of being so close and having such a big faith, they were frightened, disappointed, and hopeless on Friday, Saturday, and early Sunday. And then when you think about Paul, who wrote so many books in the Bible, even after the resurrection happened, after Jesus appeared to him on the road of Damascus, In the midst of his ministry, he felt hopeless. In in Acts 25, Paul was arrested. And in 26, he stands before King Agrippa. And then in Acts 27, he's being expedited, transported uh, to stand before Caesar in Rome. So he's in this situation where he's standing trial for his beliefs. And he gets on a ship to sail to Rome in a terrible season uh the conditions weren't good paul warns the centurion who's in charge of him and the captain hey we shouldn't go right now because look at what's like i can see we're in for trouble now i'm the same side i'd i can understand the centurion and captain like we're gonna let the prisoner tell us what to do no i don't think so but he but if you're paul you're like this is a terrible idea we shouldn't do this it's dangerous it's dangerous to sail to Rome right now, but they ignored him. Then a storm hits, which, by the way, is a freaking hurricane. They're they're sailing on an old ship, a sailboat ship, into a hurricane. It batters the ship for days. They were holding the ship together. It's if you read the scripture, they were they put ropes around the ship to keep it together. They threw all their cargo overboard in the coming days. They threw their ship's remaining tackle, everything. They're just trying to make it through. And that seems pretty miserable. Then in the midst of that, Paul feels hopeless. So in Acts 27.20, it says, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. So when I think of that, Paul, who to me seems to have so much faith, so much courage, so much strength to share the gospel with the world, is hopeless. That little bit of hopelessness, though, gives me hope. That along with the disciples and Mary and all of Jesus' followers being hopeless on Friday, Saturday, and early Sunday all those things comforts me because i know that there's there isn't anything wrong with my feelings of hopelessness when i'm in a season of darkness folks i have been in a season of hopelessness for some time now my wife has been in that same season we feel hopeless In certain situations just like Paul felt hopeless on that ship at that time just like the disciples and followers felt Friday the feeling of what do I do how can I get through this how can this be happening why is this happening why me why us why now then my mind trails to in the midst of all this How am I supposed to be a pastor, a shepherd of my people, if I'm feeling this hopeless? If things are so out of control, if nothing improves, how? But then I think to the early disciples, I think of Paul's hopelessness. I think of how we can all feel this way. I mean, I pray and ask for God, for the Holy Spirit to take hold of these issues that we're facing. I ask what I'm supposed to do. I ask for God to intervene and take control yet. I know he is in control. But how can it be when circumstances that I'm facing are so hopeless? But luckily, God is not offended by our emotionally charged questions. And in fact, it brings us closer to him. You know, I've, I've heard a lot of people say, God doesn't give you anything that you can't handle. I've heard that so many times. But guess what? That, that's just not true. Uh, God gives us lots of things that we can't handle. The difference is we can only get through it with God's help. With God's help. Alone, we would be doomed. Where would I be in this season of hopelessness without Jesus? I, I, I don't even want to know. I'm thinking about this, I think this devotional is pretty much me talking to myself, wrapping my head around the season that I am in, trying to put things into some sort of perspective. And I think, I hope that Easter has come along just at the right time to remind me of the hopelessness that they had on Good Friday and how hope arrived on Sunday morning. So in whatever season that I may be in, whatever season you may be in, no matter how long, three days like the disciples had to live in hopelessness, to the months of hopelessness that Job endured, we must, I must, and will remain faithful and look to God for provision, strength, and perseverance." Job suffered for months, but I'm sure to him, it probably felt like an eternity. But Job was patient and endured to see God's blessing after his test. After Job suffered, he was given twice as much as he had. In Job 42.10 it said, After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortune and gave him twice as much as he had before. So Job sort of models the patience and faith we need to have when enduring our hopelessness and our seasons of suffering. As Paul, who I mentioned, was hopeless on uh, that ship in Acts 27, writes in Romans, said uh, Romans 8.18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So that's what we kind of got to cling to. Our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. That's not exactly easy to do all the time, especially when you're in the midst of that hopelessness. And I know it's easy for people like, "Uh, what are you talking about? You were just talking about how hopeful you were the other day. How can you say that and feel hopeless? well, it's real it happens so if you're if you're in the midst of a season like this uh, try to stay strong read read all of Romans 8 read all of acts uh twenty five to six and twenty seven um, read read the Easter story think about that this Sunday when you go to church about the hopelessness that the disciples felt waiting for something to happen. They, they thought they were doomed, and then Jesus came back. Jesus arrived right on time and brought hope to them in the midst of their hopelessness. That's really all I have for you today, so you guys have a great one, and I will see you next time.